All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Clay County and Orange Park's only brew pub. Uh, This is Corey, and today I am joined by a special guest. That guest is Damon Jones. He is a former Jacksonville Jaguars tight end and current Jaguars ambassador, uh, among so many other things that he's involved in. Uh, So, uh, Damon, hey, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, Look forward to having a good time with you. Yeah, no, it's so awesome. I am really, really thankful for you uh, taking the time for sure with your busy schedule. To kind of start off, I mean, I, I kind of love your bio on the Jaguars alumni group page, which we'll be sure to link up in the podcast description. Um, just kind of mentions uh, that you were you know, the first tight end drafted by the Jaguars in team history, uh, which I didn't even realize because I was so young at the time, but that is definitely a cool distinction to have. Um, but also, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah, it is. They can never take that away from me. Yeah, I feel like anytime you can be the first ever of any NFL team, that's always a uh, cool thing to, to to hang your hat on for sure. But it also mentions that you're currently the head football coach at Seacoast uh, Christian Academy. And uh, one line that I really liked is just how you help to work uh, or you work to help Jacksonville's youth reach their full potential. So if you could, you know, maybe just tell us a little bit about your uh, your, your your gig you got and, you know, some of what you've been up to in the community. Well, they need to update that because I'm no longer at Seacoast. I'm uh, I'm actually uh, the offensive coordinator at Revolt High School now, Revolt Senior High School. Uh, Seacoast went to eight-man football. Uh, it was just, I mean, I love the place and love the kids, but I never had really a lot of experience with that. And uh, I wish we had started with eight-man football as opposed to starting with 11 and then going down to, uh, to eight-man football. So I left Seacoast and started coaching over at Revolt. To be my first year as offensive coordinator when we bought. Uh, very excited about it. Uh, looking forward to doing some big things. Hopefully, uh, bringing another uh, state championship, state championship to the city of Duval County. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll have to uh, shoot an email to some of the guys over there and uh, get that updated. <laughs> Apologize about that. Yeah, I have, to, I have to make sure. I have to make sure they update that. <laughs> um, eight man football. So what's that? I mean, what's that all about? By the way, why would they make that change? Uh well you know we had some we had some struggles over there numbers uh, it's not a very big school yeah uh you know we played one game honestly we played one game with twelve kids a varsity football game with twelve kids and uh, we honestly had a chance to win in the fourth quarter but you know obviously our kids got tired and uh, you know we ended up losing that game but you know it was, I mean our kids were well prepared uh, physically uh, to even take the challenge on to play the full game like that and I was very proud of them and. Um, stepping down to eight man football was uh it's sanctioned in Florida High School. Uh I would say I would I think it's about hundred and twenty schools play eight man football throughout the state of Florida, I think it is. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's similar to arena football, but it's played on I think it's played on eighty eighty yards instead of a hundred yards. Okay. Uh you know, it's a little bit different as far as the rules. I think everybody's eligible for passes. Uh, I mean, it's just different as far as that. And uh, like I said, I don't know much about it. That's why I kind of stepped away and let them. Uh, we went different directions than that when they when they decided to make that move. Right, right. So you said you're doing offensive coordinator now. Yeah, I'm offensive coordinator at Reball High School. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of offensive coordinator are you? You like the pass happy, or are you you know? Well, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I you know I played under Tom Coughlin. Uh, Chris Palmer was our offensive coordinator. 
uh, under Bob Petrino also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I mean, my college coach was Sean Watson. I'm going to be uh, an offensive coordinator that wants to be creative. Uh, I'm not going to be uh, one of those guys that's inside the box. I'm going to do things that are different. Uh, we're going to play some spread, some, you know, pro style. Uh, I want, you know, teams that line up against us, they're going to see some things that we haven't shown all year. Right. Uh, so I want them to, you know, have to adjust and make, you know, make adjustments uh, to us uh, weekly because we're going to try to some, show something new uh, every week as far as the formation or a, uh, a personnel grouping. Yeah, I, I probably would not be a good offensive coordinator. Like whenever I play Madden, I'm pretty much running that Hail Mary play every play. So uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'll give you tips if you'd ever want to ask, but uh, I don't know if they'd be very No, helpful. you got to run the quick slants. You got to run the quick slants too. Run the quick slants on first down. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. Um, is that So the coaching thing, like is that um, – you know, is that just something you kind of do as a hobby or is that something maybe that you're looking towards, you know, long term to kind of to kind of keep doing? Well, it's definitely something I want to do long term. I definitely want to do it long term. Uh, you know, I've I've tried the, the corporate world, I guess, a couple of times. And every time I every time I try the corporate world, I get called back to football. So I think that's my calling and I'm going to stick with it now and just try and move on up. Uh, eventually, I want to get a uh, you know college position. Uh, coaching somewhere. I don't think I want to do the professional or head coaching job at the college. Just, you know, uh, position coach and, uh, you know, and, and recruit some kids and, and get some kids on to the next level. Well, one of the reasons that I was really interested to have you on is just, you know, since we're in the off season and, and kind of training camp is, is upon us, um, you know, one thing that is always a big topic is just kind of how the, the young players especially are, are transitioning from, you know, college to the pros and, you know, you've been actually a part of a lot of initiatives with the team, you know, just in doing some research mm-hmm. on you uh, to, to help the rookies adjust to life as a full-time NFL player. So, um, you know, what do you think are some of the top challenges that, you know, not only just our current crop of rookies with the Jags, but just rookies in general in the NFL face nowadays? Well, obviously, uh, you know, coming into the NFL, you know, as a college guy, uh, you handed a lot of money. Um, you know, you're kind of just, uh, you know, not really shown a new city and just kind of say, you know, you know, they just really say go out there and be careful. Uh, with our ambassador program and uh, Marcus Pollard, who runs the players, uh, players employee program side for the Jaguars, he reached out to us in the last two years. Uh, the NFL has put the Ricky Symposium on the team as opposed to doing it uh the NFL holding it because my year ninety seven was the first year that had the NFL symposium. It was in Chicago. Uh only they only brought the drafted rookies in. So uh you're looking at, you know, probably eighteen to twenty guys on each team that aren't getting this information because they're not drafted. They're only drafting, you know, seven, maybe eight guys, you know, nine if you trade, you know, you're doing a lot of trading. We were able to acquire some picks. So uh, you know they weren't they weren't touching all of the all the all the guys coming into the league. So what the league did last year was they said it's going to be on the NF, you know the teams to 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 hold these symposiums. And uh, Marcus brought in a panel of guys, uh, myself, Donovan Darius, uh, you know a variety of guys that have played here in Jacksonville, who've made Jacksonville their home, um, and giving those guys uh, somebody outside of the building who they can look to or who they can call 
who they can, you know, lean on, uh, ask for advice uh, or for things that, that, that may come their way as a rookie or, or how to handle things as a rookie uh, when you're in a new city, uh, you know, as far as ticket requests to family members, uh, finances, females. You know, those are big, the big three, you know, are, are, are those the, the three Fs, the, the finances, the females, and your family mm-hmm. are the biggest things you have to deal with. And it's just kind of you know, giving guys advice. Obviously, we can't, you know, make anybody do anything, but just kind of giving them advice and, and ways of, ways that we did things that worked for us, uh, that we came out on a successful end where, uh, you know, family can suck you dry, uh, you know, with tickets, uh, requests, and, and, and things of that nature. And obviously, you know, they want to get help. And, you know, Aunt Lucy needs to, you know, she needs to, her, her lights are out. You know, it's always something. So, um, you, you got to learn to say no. Uh, the females, you know, you got to be, you got to be weary. You know, you know, mindful of what you have and what some people may be trying to attack. And not all women are like that, but you got to be mindful in the places you go and the, the women that you might attract uh, to be careful. So, uh, just giving them, you know, advice like that. You know, you know, things that uh, they might encounter, places they may want to stay, you know, stay away from in Jacksonville. Uh, uh, places they may stay away from and, and, and areas they want to stay away from that may lead them to, to, to some things that they don't want to get into or have themselves in, you know, in trouble. And, and lastly, just this time, as training camp you know, approaches, don't be that guy that's on, on, the, on the ticker. You know, um, you know f- player arrested for DUI, player arrested for domestic violence, player arrested for disorderly conduct or whatever it may be. You don't want to be that guy that, you know, that has to call, you know, the coach is called on vacation to come and talk to you because you uh, did something stupid, you know, at late hours of the night, uh, visiting a nightclub or some, you know, something like that. Yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, being that you guys have lived it, I mean, you, you know, you've been there, you've seen all of it. Um, they're pretty receptive, but do you feel like, uh, for the most part, are all the guys, you know, pretty attentive and, and receptive or do you still have those ones that are like, yeah, yeah, I got this. Well, I mean, I think you always have you, – you might have some people that sit in a room and uh, kind of, you know, when you have a meeting, you know, they, they, they don't fully pay attention. But I think when you have a room full of NFL veterans, and I think the last the, – the, the one we just did the last week, it had uh, 40 years of veteran uh, football experience, of NFL experience in the room. Right. Uh, so – when when you when when guys hear that that t- that, that tends to pick, perk their ears up a little bit more because you know as you enter the NFL you, you don't know what to expect you don't know what's coming you don't know how things are gonna go what you know what's gonna transpire everything is new to you so when you, you hear a, you know 40, 40 years of experience is coming to talk to you at seven o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday you know that's something special that doesn't happen just because you know. You know that's bonds. That's relationships that have been bond from battles against each other and through battles with each other. That we want to help these guys uh, continue the game of football, sort of be you know great for the Jacksonville community and as well as the Jaguars and those young guys to help their careers. So it's nothing that we're not we're, we're not doing anything that nobody did for us. You know, it's just more of a it's more of a personal one one personal setting as opposed to the, the, the way it was done. Back in the day, kind of, you had to find your own mentor through the team. Uh, 
you know, you just kind of gravitated to the older guys. And, uh, you know, you just kind of watch and learn from them. And some guys, they're more vocal, some aren't. But the, the, the older guys have always shown the way. And you're always going to have some knuckleheads that are going to do it their way. And those guys are usually the ones that have their careers cut short by doing something foolish. So right. um, you can't reach everyone. But if you feel like I – mean, I feel like if I can get up and I can be there and show those guys something, tell them something, of, you know, my experiences and my mistakes, then they can learn from that and, and not make those same mistakes. I feel like I've done a good job. I feel like I've helped that young man, you know, advance his career maybe one more season, one more game, you know, one more, you know, one more week because you never know in the NFL when your last, you know, game is going to be. So you got to treat each and every week, you know, like it's your last. And, you know, that's the message that I try and give them because I didn't understand it until it was the end of my career and it was kind of too late, to, you know, to, to, to take advantage of that. But had I known, you know, thought about some of the things that I, you know, was taught, Earlier in my career, maybe I could have played a little bit longer. Yeah, well, I mean, just as a lifelong Jacksonville and, and Jaguars resident, you know, being so invested in the team, I'm sure a lot of people would say thank you for the fact that you're really taking the time to do that. Because, uh, uh, you know, not only do we want to see the players perform well in the field, obviously, but uh, you always love to hear the good stories of community involvement and, uh, you know, guys that, that have a good future and, and good family situation and, and everything working out. So um, it seems like the Jags really take that seriously, too. So we're, we're certainly uh, very proud of that. Um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, obviously you were back, uh, with the team when Tom Coughlin was the head coach, um, you know, joined the team back in 97 and, uh, you know, you were on the team and we had the most success as an organization that we've ever had. So, um, you know, you know, what Tom, uh, has brought to the team as a leader, uh, as a head coach. And then of course, what he's done in the, in the front office, uh, during this off season. Um, but what do you see him bringing to the team during training camp and the regular season in his new role? You know, what kind of things do you see him bringing to the, uh, to the team as a whole? Um, I think, you know, Doug Marone is obviously going to take, you know, the day-to-day operations as far as how, how practices run and things are, are, are going to go. I think Tom will give some direction to Doug and they'll meet sometime. I think he'll give Doug the, the, the I guess, the, the fiber that, that if guys aren't doing their job, I'm going to get rid of them for you and I'm going to bring in guys that will do their job for you. And I'm going to back you with guys that can play. So I think that the uh, kind of, I guess, more lackadaisical effort or, you know, attitude that seemed that the fans seem to be frustrated with Gus about uh, with, with the kind of, oh, we'll get him next time, you know, type of deal. I don't think Tom has never been built like that. He, you know, he wants to win now. Obviously, you know, he said, you know, even in the, his first press conference, you know, what are we here for if we're not here to win? So obviously that's going to be his attitude. He's not going to take a back seat. One thing about it, he's not going to allow that coaching staff to to leave something on the table. He's not going to let them, uh, you know, leave something for chance. He's not going to. He's going to make sure he's going to push that coaching staff and those players to the max, where that they they're not leaving nothing to chance. That they go into these games prepared with the knowledge of who they're playing against, what to expect. Um, and be prepared for that mentally and physically. I think that's what uh, he'll bring to the team. And just talking to you know people in the you know the Jaguar organization, it's a different kind of attitude. Just walking through the hallway, it's a it's an attitude of 
you know, you know, more serious, more, uh, you know, focus of, you know, on now, not, you know, two years down the road, you know, a year down the road, it's, it's now. And, uh, I think that, you know, that accountability is really going to trickle down, uh, down to those players. And, and I think it's going to trickle down faster than people really realize his, with his, his attitude, his aura. That's what he's going to bring. He's going to bring accountability. And, and I know that without the question in my body or my fiber, I know that's what he's going to bring. That if you don't do your job, you won't be here. Right. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, when Coughlin was with the team, uh, to, you know, we started the whole team, the whole organization to begin with back in 95. I mean, uh, you know, of course, the expansion year, we weren't uh, too great, but real, I mean, we kicked it off the next season. So, I mean, he's all about now and not not thinking that uh, rebuilding is going to take uh, years and years. So uh, I know we're excited about it. I mean, would you agree that Doug uh, Marone was was kind of like the perfect guy to bring in who's not going to be intimidated or bothered by somebody of Tom's stature above him. I mean, it seems like almost a perfect fit where he really is is okay to lean on advice and accept advice. Well, from, from I mean, I, I think th- he's always done that. They, you know, they're Syracuse guys. Doug and, and Tom have been friends for years, uh, so I, I know Doug has reached out to Tom even when he was with you know Buffalo. He's reached out to Tom as far as advice. For different things, so I, and I think it's uh, going to be a great working relationship between those two. I think they're both seeing the same page. I think Doug was a good fit as a coach as well because he's been here, so he knows the guys, and he can, he'll be able to tell, you know, when they raise their level of play up to the level that they need to be at, he'll 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 see that, and he'll be able to evaluate that better than anybody that was coming in new. I think so. I think that that was one thing as well. That, that's going to help the Jaguars this year. Well, Damon, you were in the rough and tough training camps back in the day. So, assuming, oh yeah, that, <laughs> you know, it seems oh like, yeah. yeah, so it seems like Doug is uh, pretty similar, and I'd imagine that he would uh, probably adopt some of the uh, training camp strategies that that we had back in the day. So, what? Well, what you, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll do adopt too many. They got new CBA rules, so I mean, they can't <laughs> practice like. You know they can't go back to back practices with pads, and you know it's, uh, it's, it's they've got some rules that they got to follow uh, that that will limit him from being able to have a training camp. Even the time that they get out of meetings is is regulated now. So right. uh, you know I think he'll he'll run a tight ship, and uh, it, it won't ever be like like it was in, in, the, in the days where the you know, training camp was was really 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 rough and tough. I think that the CBA is kind of taking care of that uh, for those guys. Uh, I mean, I think that's – I think that, uh, if anything, it's just the league throwing the guys a bone for those Thursday games, uh, which I think is a, is, a, is a travesty to football. I think they need to get rid of the Thursday games. They're killing football with the Thursday games. Uh, guys are not, you know, being – it's not healthy, I don't think. And I think they need to get rid of the Thursday night game. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's selling money. It's, it's about money. And, you know, they're selling, you know, new uniforms off of it with the, you know, the blow rush and all that other stuff. So I know it's a business, but I think that, you know, it's just a bone that they're trying to take care of those guys in the training camp so that they can play those Thursday night games throughout the season. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I would agree. It does seem like it kind of dilutes the product a little bit, too, when you have a game every single day of the week, it feels like, you know. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, so let's assume that Coughlin's able to sneak in a little bit of the, the you know the old old uh, school uh, tactics in the training camp. You know, what would you say are the best tips, uh, to, even with the CBA rules, to kind of uh, survive and thrive in a in a tough training camp uh, atmosphere? Stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stay hydrated, as I can say. Uh, I mean, be in the best state you can be in. Uh, you know, Carver's gonna work. He's gonna work you real hard. So, uh, just be in the best shape you can be in. Uh, you know, and, and be ready. You know, know your playbook. I think that you know, knowing your playbook is allowing you to play faster. You don't have to do you know as much thinking. You can just play freely and uh, not worry about making mistakes. So, uh, I think that's the biggest thing that you know young guys need to do is you know get in that playbook, understand it. Uh, the, the the second year, third year guys need to grasp. You know, they need to master that playbook, and then uh, I think the Jaguars will be able to take off and, and win some games that they should have won last year. When you look at they, you know, eight of the ten games they lost were by less than seven points. Uh, you know, you, you win some games with some guys uh, turning their play around just here and there. Uh, they win some of those games, and I think that they got the players to do it. So uh, I'm looking forward to them turning those things around real fast. Right. Damon, are you uh, totally mad that they didn't build that indoor practice facility back when you were with the team? Oh, my God. I mean, it's, <laughs> I was down there the other day uh, for their 7 We had Jaguar 707. You know, my team, Reball, was playing in, their, in the tournament. And uh, they've got, you know, they've got the, 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 the air-conditioned benches. They got, <laughs> now they got an indoor practice facility. I, I could have played maybe five or ten more years if they had all that stuff when I was playing. Yeah, I don't know. I heard they're going to have nice air conditioning. They're going to serve hors d'oeuvres in between uh, drills, and uh, it's going to be pretty fancy, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coughing ain't going for no hors d'oeuvres, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. You know, um, and, and I don't think it'll be, and I don't think the music is gone, too. Yeah, it was, it's funny you say that. I was about to mention that. It was one of the things that, uh, I, I mean, as a fan, I kind of liked it because, you know, you had the music going in the background, but you think that they ditched that probably? I'm, I'm, I, I'd say it's probably 85% chance the music will be gone. <laughs> okay, so we'll have to look for that for you sure. Might get, you, might get some, you might get some for warm-ups or something like that, but not. I don't think you'll get a full practice. You, you'll probably, you know, no one coughing, they'll probably have some crowd noise out there or something like that. That's what you said for us. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of a, a final thing, um, just because, you know, with training camp around, you know, I – one episode we're actually going to record coming up here soon is, is kind of our, our best memories uh, as Jaguar fans as a kid. And uh, one of my best memories was always going down to the camps, you know, with my father when uh, when I was younger and, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. and, and, you know, getting autographs from the players and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I try to do that now with my 10-year-old daughter as well, and she really enjoys it. But from a player perspective, you know, do you have any best training camp memories, whether they're funny, whether they're uh, frustrating <laughs> or, or whatever the case that you'd possibly want to share uh, I mean, I got I got a bunch of stories from training camp. Most of them are frustrated because I'm obviously tired. But I'll give you a funny one. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was my my rookie year, or my second year, and uh, we had cans of Gatorade, and uh, there was a bunch of guys in the cold tub, uh, you know, rejuvenating their legs after practice, and uh, guard Rich Tilski. Uh, has one in his, he has a Gatorade in his hand. And all of a sudden, everybody sees like this yellow, like, 
yellow fluid coming from in front of him. You know, he urinated in the, in the cold tub. <laughs> so everybody's like, Tilski, you know, what are you doing? You know, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, it's just this Gatorade. It's Gatorade. <laughs> he's got a red Gatorade. He's like, that's, that, that, I mean, so everybody uh, jumps out, you know, whatever. So uh, he actually disgusting. gets up in front. Yeah, so, every, you know, they make him write a, a letter of apology to the whole team. It's kind of a funny letter. I don't remember all of the, the letter that was said, but uh, Kaufman find him. He find him. <laughs> Uh, for uh, <laughs> you find him for the cost of draining the pool and uh, getting it re- and getting it clean. He had to pay for he had to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think you know my yeah. new, I think my new mission in life is to find that apology letter. Uh, I, I mean, it's probably it's probably somewhere in the kangaroo court. I don't know, you know, I don't know where the kangaroo court you know keeps all their documents, but if you can find out who's in charge of the kangaroo court. Uh, that would be your best possibility to get that uh, to get that letter. All right, all right. We'll have to do some investigative work and see if I come up with it. I'll let you know. Um, yeah. Are we going to see you down at camp at all this uh, coming training camp? Uh, with uh, with me coaching, I, I'll probably be there. If I'm there, it'll be uh, I'll be there probably just the alumni day. I won't I won't go to too many practices just to go watch. Uh, you know, I, I know what it's like to be out there. I don't really like to be in the heat myself, and uh, <laughs> I'll be coaching. I'll be coaching my. I'll be getting my guys ready for a tough season that we got over a rebound. So I don't know how much time I'll be able to spend watching uh, the Jaguars in preseason, but I will be at the games uh, and the preseason games. I will be there. All right. Well, we have a big uh, high school football fan uh, community here in town. So if you guys uh, definitely uh, go out of your way to check out Rebalt, and uh, we're going to have to see that spiffy offense that you're putting together. And uh, maybe I'll get some tips and advice and take some notes for Madden. Uh, that'll be exciting. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we definitely appreciate you uh, joining the podcast. Again, thank you for everything that you do for the community and for the team. And, um, and again, thank you for joining us and, uh, and uh, have a great day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.